transmitting to you from Old Heart Radio. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode three of In Tune, hosted by Lucas from Matinee Edition. If this is your first time listening, I'm the co-host there. Good old Jared has lending me the microphone and uh, I'm running this one. We're running this bitch. Who's ready? Who's ready to talk about some music? I mean, I usually am. People, my friends know they can get me talking about this and I won't stop for an extended period of time, almost to their annoyance, and uh, I sincerely apologize for that. But we're here to talk music as always. So uh, on today's agenda, we got the new album from Dijo or Joe Curie. Said it. I knew it. This album was coming. It's good stuff. We'll be talking about that today. I like it quite a bit. His first few singles were solid. And I like the dude. I, I, I've uh, most people I've talked to know how much I love Joe Keery and Stranger Things, so I'm excited to be talking about him here. Also, we got uh, I bought a little vinyl the other day. I'm excited to talk about an album I haven't listened to in a long time. By a long time, I mean like a year and a half. I'm not that old. It's not like Marvin Gaye or something. As much as I'd love to find a good vinyl from that guy, it's that'd be dicey. That'd be a that'd be a costly one. All right, so let's get to it, fellas. First off, 2020. So, we got the goods here. Joe Curie, the dude from Stranger Things who plays Steve. He's, I've, I, I really like this dude as an actor. I love the character on Stranger Things. But I didn't real, I heard briefly that he was a musician a while back. So, uh, I'm bringing it up right now. He's 27 years old, from Newburyport, Massachusetts. And the dude's, yeah, the dude's an actor and a musician. He just, after starring on Stranger Things for a few years, he dropped out of his old band, Post Animal, where he was a guitarist. They're still touring, they're a good band. I I actually like them as well. Didn't realize that he was part of that. Damn. Um, Sort of psych rock, and he, Channels a lot of that in his new uh, self, self-published self release, let's say, or self-produced release. The psychedelic rock vibes continue here. And it's sort of mixed with a bit of like poppy style production. There's a bit, gets a bit punk-esque in a few of these, in a few of these songs. And I like most of them. So uh, we got Showtime, Personal Lies, Tentpool, Shangri-La, that's one song. Just Along for the Ride, Chateau, Feel Alright, Roddy, Ring, BNBG, Mortal Projections, Total Control, Flash Mountain, and Mutual Future. Those are the 12 songs in the album. And so Roddy was the first released as a single. Chateau, Feel Alright followed not long after, and then a few weeks later, Mortal Projections. Then on the 13th, the whole thing dropped on us. I remember walking to work bright and early in the morning, listening to this thing. It ain't half bad. It scratched that itch. I was looking for something new to listen to. I was sort of, some of my old stuff was getting stale. But uh, I thoroughly enjoyed listening to this initially. Um, Temple Shangri-La, Jesus Christ. 
Um, that one really has this cool psych rock, almost Tame Impala-esque feel to it. It's got some pretty cool production to it as well. I like the little guitar riffs. Very, like, whatever pedal the dude's using, it's making it sound pretty dope. Uh, Chateau Feel Alright, I've already talked about that song quite a bit. I like it a lot. Same thing with Roddy. BNBG, that song was interesting to me. I, th- I I liked it quite a bit. The little riff in it was pretty fun. I like the whole, I like the, I like the laid back vocals for most of these songs as well. Most of them have these cool either chord progressions or that have this sort of vintagey vibe as if he'd put a little filter on it that made it come out a bit more staticky, a bit more jittery, let's say. And I think it's all the better for it. Um, Mortal Projections is, despite being released as a single about a week before the release, I think that one's actually really good. It sounds sort of, not to, not to, this is not on the level of any Beatles stuff, but I sound, to me, it sounds a bit like something of that nature, or almost with like sort of a Queen vibe to it, especially with how the lyrics towards the end get. There's this cool like harmonic ending sequence where everything cuts away and just sort of this like layered chorus-esque vibe where he's singing out like mortal projections or something like that. I like it quite a bit. Flash Mountain is just like a shred fest. The dude fucking goes for it. It's super punk rock-esque in vibe. It, that one's, that's the song that I feel like hits the hardest of the entire album. The entire album is pretty mellow. There's some upbeat moments. And then Flash Mountain, the second to last song, is just like, it sort of speeds up in this crescendo throughout the album. Not quite though. Every song gets slightly, slightly faster. To me, it feels like it speeds up just a bit. But then Flash Mountain comes and you get punched in the face with this aggressive guitar riff and this very quick drumming. And uh, shout out to whoever did the drumming for that. I think he posted a thanks on Instagram to him. But then it dials, dials itself back, back again for Mutual Future Repeat. That song is very slow. It's very lyrically driven. There isn't much going on there. I don't, overall with this album, as much as I like the singles that were released, the, the singles were killer, in my opinion. Listening to it again, those are the songs that stick out to me and that I can really remember. After listening to all the other ones, I was like, oh yeah, they're there. But I mean, there isn't, there isn't much. I feel like this is a quintessential first album, you know? It's derivative of a lot of things. The dude sort of has his voice, but potentially not really. Um, There's also sort of this like weird tonality of the album. I mentioned how much I liked the riff and the aggression of the guitar in Flash Mountain. Sort of that punk rock-esque vibe, sort of pop punk. And how Tentpole Shangri-La has this cool psych psych rock, Tame Impala-esque feel but there isn't any real consistency throughout the album and there isn't real any real flow. I know I know not everybody goes for it, but I'm a dude who likes to listen to an album straight through and feel the shifts coming. I think that's why I hold um, Flume's release from early in, earlier in this year, Hi, This Is Flume, to such high regard. That, yes, that was a mixtape, but everything flowed together and there were little breaks in the songs that led you into the next one. And rather than take a hard left turn into a different sort of style each song would have like another shorter in, in um interlude in the middle 
that could sort of get you ready for the new change in tonality. And I thought that was good. I feel like this could have used a bit of that. Or at least a bit less of a, a or a bit, a bit less of a dramatic shift in the tonality of the music at any given time. Don't get me wrong. I thoroughly enjoyed this. This was a, I, I really liked listening to this album. I had a lot of fun with it. Um, still though, I think if I had to pick favorites, Chateau and Roddy are still my favorite. Most because I can, those are the songs that I'll go to to listen for. What I always feel like, and I might start doing this, what I always feel like is the true test of an album. I can give it a rating now. I would say like a seven. Um, perfectly, perfectly average in about every way. There are a few standouts, but then there are just as many songs that I can't really remember. Um, but what, what really is the test for music, in my opinion, is how long it'll stay in the rotation. I have been listening to Jungle, Odessa, um, Flume, hand, The Black Keys, forever, and I've been listening to the same songs. Like that, those are bands that have remained relevant in my mind, and to each their own. Don't get me wrong; everybody has their own taste. But that stuff has remained relevant and remained in my overall flow of the of my playlist and everything. Those those bands haven't dropped albums in a significant period of time, excluding the Black Keys. I'm talking about the older Black Keys stuff. I still listen to actively. We will see if anything on this album, either than Chateau, Roddy, and Mortal Projections, really sticks around for me. I sort of feel like no, but then at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if in the future I look back on this album fondly. So yeah, for the time being seven, I'm not, I'm flaky. I have the right to change that, deal with it. I might go back and talk about this later if there's a vinyl release of it. You know, actually, perfect little segue. Um, I used to be a huge Foster the People fan. So, uh, I saw, I was, I was walking around Rainy Day Records, shout out, and I saw their, I saw an old, one of their vinyls for a previous album, or an older album, on the shelf. They've been released, they released a single recently called Imagination that sort of sounded like something off their album Torches from 2012, but that's the one that Pumped Up Kicks was on. And, okay, personal rant to go on here. I feel like they are not misrepresented, but people treat them like a one-hit wonder when it comes to Pumped Up Kicks. I feel like Pumped Up Kicks, it's it's a great song, but it's in some cases overshadowed by their other music. Like Helena Beat is fantastic. Um, Nevermind on their second album, Supermodel, is a great song. Same thing with um, with uh, Instructions to Destroying the Moon. It's, or something to that regard. Those are all songs that I would love to hear over and over again. Pumped Up Kicks is great, don't get me wrong, but it might not stand up to all of that. Like, Hell in the Beat is still a fantastic song. I saw their recent album, uh, Sacred Hearts Club, sitting on the shelf there, and I picked it up as vinyl. I really liked this. I thought it was a lot of fun. Sit Next to Me got a bit of radio play, like, recently. And I thought that I thought that was great. I listened to that song again. I liked it quite a bit. Frankly, though, I'd heard that a bit too much. So uh, "Loyal Like Sid and Nancy" really stuck out to me. The aggressive bass synth, the entire song, that bomb, 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 bomb. It's fun. I like it. I like that song a lot. Same thing with uh, "SHC," the initial build and crescendo with the drums and the guitar. It's a lot of fun. I'd highly recommend checking out that album, especially if you're not a Foster the People fan. 
I think I they are responsible for getting me into the music that I like now. I might have moved a bit further away from their from that taste as a as I aged a bit, but I still enjoy it. I still enjoy it and have a lot of fond memories of listening to their stuff. So I was happy to find that and pick it up. The album itself overall, I feel like there's a few duds on it. There's some weirder songs, but that's just sort of how it goes. It's definitely better than Supermodel, their second release. That was tough to live up to. Torches, their first album. If you find that on vinyl, definitely pick it up. It's a fantastic album. Uh, I might talk about that in the future if I ever if I manage to pick one up. But we'll see about that. So. Uh, and next week, I'm pretty sure I saw that M83 is going to be putting out an album. I'll definitely talk about that in the future. Uh, Ford just put out his vinyl. I'm pretty sure that's arriving on my doorstep anytime. So I'll talk about that too. So next week, we got Ford and M83. And I mean, like I said, Dijo, pretty good stuff. 7 out of 10, not bad. And check out Foster the People's Sacred Hearts Club from about a year back. Show them love. Thanks for listening. You keep listening, I'll keep talking. See y'all around.